when our self-indulgence enslaves, when our arrogant pretensions deceive, when our anxiety enfeebles and keeps us from knowing, loving, and obeying God as we should, God calls us to repent, to lay aside our excuses, to seek pardon and freedom at their only source, the love of God revealed by Jesus Christ. Let us repent, therefore, and confess our sins before God. O oh God, after all you have done for us, we have failed to bear fruit for you. We have turned away from your word and have forgotten to call on your name. People who are weak, lonely, and destitute receive little help from our hands because we are preoccupied with our own concerns. Lift us from the shadows of our own deceits and let your face shine on us so we may walk once more in your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear the good news. In Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his sacrifice and forgiveness for our sin, according to the riches of divine grace, which God has poured out upon us. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. <clears throat> believers down through the ages, let us say what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now we invite you in the love of Christ to turn and welcome your neighbor.
Good morning. My name is Steve McConnell. I used to be a pastor here at Church of the Palms. <laughs> it's good to be back. We are grateful that you are here with us this morning as we worship the good Lord together. We hope that you will find this to be a place of welcome and warmth, and we hope that you will also find a chance to uh, continue your conversations with those that perhaps you've had the chance to greet this morning. We invite you to fill out the friendship pads which are in the pew, and folks uh, near you will be signing their names as well, and you may want to kind of take a quick look and check out those uh, names and uh, perhaps uh, greet them after the service again and enjoy perhaps a cup of coffee under the cool shade of the tree under in the middle of our courtyard. A few things to uh, call to your attention. Great things are happening as well at Church of the Palms throughout the week and throughout the summer as we head into the fall. Uh, today at 10.15, right after this service, uh, our Nicaragua uh, mission trip participants will be upstairs in the education building in the youth room to talk about their experience. You may want to go and learn about what they learned, about a possible partnership that we will create with the good folks in Nicaragua and uh, a family mission trip that perhaps we'll, uh, we will be planning going forward. So we would love to have you come and participate in that. That's at 10.15, right after the service upstairs in the youth room. We also have um, next week looking forward to the uh, great uh, musical gifts of Andrew Lapp who will be performing not only in worship on Sunday morning but also at uh, three o'clock that afternoon so we hope that you will come and be a part of that experience next week. And then three weeks from today, September the 8th, we will have our kickoff Sunday. And uh, kickoff Sunday will be a time for us to uh, get everybody together to celebrate the start of a new school year. Uh, school starts tomorrow. Hard to believe that that's the case. But, uh, but we will be also getting in gear our church year programming and uh, all of our new classes and such. So we hope that you will want to be a part of that as well. If you want to check out information about that in your bulletin, it is there located. So we hope that you will be a part of that as well. And then lastly, we want to call to your attention the Palms Planner which is going to be available to you right after the service. Our ushers will be at the doors and handing these out to you, uh, one per household, as you can take this home with you to learn about all the activities that are happening as we begin our school uh, program year this uh, September. Uh, all the classes, all the uh, small groups that are forming, all the different uh, opportunities we have to participate in our discipleship and in our growth as uh, as we seek to be um, the equipped community serving Jesus Christ. So we hope that you will pick one of these up as you make your way out the door today. And then lastly, we have a, a little service change. Our last hymn today, hymn, uh, our concluding hymn will be changed to Amazing Grace. And that's number 280. So we invite you to keep that, uh, put that into your 280. Right. Did I not, did I not say that? <laughs> 280 is uh, Amazing Grace. That will be the last hymn for our service today. And it looks like our Minute for Mission person is not yet here from the garden, so perhaps we can go to our music meditation.
Many of you have come to uh, know a member of our staff, Janine Jafrida, who has been with us over the past year or so working in our communications department. And uh, Janine has, uh, has done such marvelous things on our staff and, and a lot of what you see in our church bulletin and the changes that have been made there have been her responsibility, so you can blame her for anything you don't like. Janine is uh, not just simply a gifted person, but a, a follower of Jesus Christ and has been on a journey of discovering what it is that God's been calling her to do. Well, uh, there's bad news and good news. Uh, the good news is, is that uh, she's received a new calling. The bad news is it's away from here. Um, she is uh, on her way to uh, a mission, mission work in England for uh, Youth with a Mission, and she's here to tell you a little bit about that and for us to simply uh, pray her on her way as she begins this new chapter of her life. So welcome, Janine. Yeah. Thank you. Good morning. So it's been a wonderful, amazing experience working here at Church of the Palms and meeting all of you great people. It's been such a blessing for me, and I've enjoyed uh, using uh, my uh, graphic design um, training in this setting. It's just been such an answer to prayer for me. Um, as of tomorrow, like Steve said, I will be venturing overseas to Derby, England to work with Youth with a Mission, uh, otherwise known as YWAM. They are an international, uh, interdenominational Christian missions organization uh, comprised of um, over 18,000 missionaries um, in over 180 different countries. Um, the mission statement is to know God and to make him known. Um, so not only do the missionaries uh, serve the people groups and communities that they are uh, placed in, but uh, YWAM also offers training programs to better equip Christians um, in their uh, walk with the Lord and giving them opportunities to uh, share the love of Christ in communities um, across the world. So I'm excited to say that um, God is calling me um, to work with them and um, serve on the leadership team and staff of YWAM's introductory uh, discipleship training school. This particular school has an urban city focus, um, and it's comprised of uh, 18 to 25-year-olds. Um, we train them up as missionaries to either serve here back at home or to take them to the foreign mission field. Um, it's also for people just willing to set aside a certain amount of time. These schools are usually five to nine months long, and uh, just allows people to grow closer in their relationship with the Lord, as well as giving them lots of opportunities to step out in faith and uh, share the love of Christ. So uh, just briefly, the training school is um, comprised of two things. We'll be helping the students um, through spiritual growth classes, doing weekly topics on things such as uh, discovering their identity in Christ, um, uh, effectively serving in multicultural environments, and um, a whole sorts, all sorts of good good topics and uh, help them grow in their faith, as well as lots of hands-on practical um, outreach opportunities. Um, at the end of the school, um, the last two months, we'll take them overseas to a foreign mission field where they'll be fully immersed in a different culture and work with the church and local peoples in that setting as well. So it's really exciting. There's a lot of good things in this program, and I'm excited to serve there. I know personally how amazing it is because I went through one myself a few years back, and um, it was completely life-changing, uh, changed my whole perspective um, on everything, and um, 
I'm excited to be a part of this and see all that God has for the students and uh, people in England. So uh, I just wanted to say real quick, thank you to the mission committee and uh, the con members of the congregation uh, for your prayer support and financial support. It means so much to me and I can't do this without you guys. So thank you so much. And if you guys want any further information or contact information, I'd be happy to stay in touch. Um, I will be staying in touch. So you can uh, feel free to see me out under the tree. Thank you guys so much. Let us pray. Gracious God, it is um, both a joy and a sorrow when one who has been a part of a family of faith is uh, called away. So we celebrate this morning with Janine and give you thanks for the opportunity that we have had to serve you together uh, over this past year. And we celebrate her response to your call, to this new chapter in ministry, believing that you have a call for each one of us, that you have a, a purpose in ministry that each one of us is uniquely gifted to fulfill. And so we thank you that Janine is responding to the way that you have blended together her gifts and experiences at this point in her life and will be stepping out in faith to serve you in Derby, England. And as we send her off with our prayers for uh, your continuing blessing upon her and your guidance for her in this next chapter, we pray as well for other mission partners with whom we are regularly in contact and work. We pray for those who lead the eye clinic in Honduras. With those right here in our own community who are involved in building decent housing through Habitat for Humanity for people who currently don't have it. We pray for relationships that spark right here on this campus through the ministry of our food pantry as we share your love and grace in a very tangible way through handing a bag of food. And as students return to classes this week, we lift up the tutoring ministry that will be going on in the campus center Tuesdays and Thursdays throughout the coming academic year, that the relationships that are formed there would be blessed so that students would not only receive academic assistance, but they would experience just a glimpse of your love and grace and involvement in each one of our lives. So Lord, we give you thanks for being a part of a family of faith like Church of the Palms that seeks so much to serve you right here in our own community and in places all around the world. So knit us together in your purpose and for your glory as we pray the prayer Jesus taught his followers to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, 
as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now as we continue our worship, the ushers will come forward to receive the morning tithes and offerings.
Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your many gifts. Count us among those who are blessed, whose hearts are moved with compassion for the hungry and the thirsty and the sick and those who are in prison. In Jesus' name, bless and use what we give today to accomplish your purpose. Multiply these gifts so that your name may be lifted up and more people in this community and in places all around the world will know there is a God in heaven who loves them and who sent his son Jesus Christ to the cross that we might be reconciled in relationship with him who lives eternally that we might live eternally with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite the children to come forward for the children's moment. Like, it's me, isn't it? Come on, guys, come on down. Oh, excellent. Thank you for bringing your Bible, Nicholas. That is awesome. Welcome. This is such a great day. I love Sunday mornings, and thanks for being here with us. Good morning. How's it going? Hi, how are you? Hello. Oh, my goodness. All these kids are getting taller than me. So I hear, even as great as today is, that tomorrow's a pretty big day. True story? Yeah, what's going on tomorrow? Because some of these people maybe don't know. Anybody? Nobody? What's going on tomorrow? <gasps> Say it really loud. School starts. School starts tomorrow. Is there anybody here that it's going to be the first time you go to school, like to kindergarten or preschool? Oh, we got one. Is anyone going to see a brand new teacher or a brand new classroom? Unless your teacher looped with you, that's probably a lot of us, right? You know, as exciting as that can be, it can still be kind of scary sometimes to do something brand new. And I got to tell you guys something that I told two of my daughters that I dropped off in college yesterday and over the weekend. You are not alone. God will be with you. God is with us all the time. Think about when you learned how to ride that two-wheeler bike. Did you just take off riding by yourself? Or was there maybe a hand on the bike or on your back that was kind of running with you. That's kind of like how I like to think about God's hand in our life. Sometimes we don't even know it's there, but he's with us the whole time. He's been doing this since the beginning of time, way back in Genesis, when Abram and Sarah were living this great life, and God said, hey, Abram, I need you to go to a brand new land, leave everything, take your wife, go to this new land. Not even telling you where you're going, but you just have to go. Can you imagine that Abram was just a little bit afraid? He didn't even know, but he had to trust, and he did obey, and guess what? God was with him every step of the way, and he blessed, God blessed his life richly. But here's what I want you to remember. God often shows us that he's with us through other people, like with our parents walking us to class or driving us to school or holding our bicycle, or maybe God wants to use each one of you, what if tomorrow you see the child that doesn't have a friend yet, 
that that first day is kind of hard for, that's kind of teary, or that's kind of shy, what if you let God use you to be their friend, to put your hand out, to put your arm around them, to talk to them so that they feel God's love, and then they would go, wow, God is with me because he used you. That's what I would really challenge each one of you to do tomorrow. No matter how you're feeling on the inside, even if you're a little bit nervous, reach out to that person that really looks like they need a friend. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we just trust that you are with us every step of the way. Help us to show your love so someone else doesn't feel alone, that they might feel that warm embrace that comes from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, guys, let's go. be seated. Well, we are in the last installment of baseball. <laughs> the answer to many of your prayers. <laughs> we conclude our baseball series on uh, looking at the text from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 beginning at the first verse. Hear the word of God. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, 
a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. What gain have the workers from their toil? I have seen the busyness that God has given to everyone to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their toil. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. That which is has already been, and that which is to be already is, and God seeks out what has gone by. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. We ask, O oh Lord, that by your grace and through your mercy we would hear your word in these words to come and that we may have our minds and hearts pointed to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name, amen. They are leaving home this week. Actually, they've been leaving home for the last few days. The highways are jammed with them. Travel down Interstate 75 over the next few days and you will see station wagons, SUVs, trailers filled with stuff, college stuff. Purchased recently at Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, Walmart. And somewhere in the midst of the stuff inside those cars is a college freshman making the journey to the college of his or her choice, leaving home. After 18 years of preparation, learning to talk and walk and take out the trash and wash the dishes and say please and thank you and clean your room and algebra and Spanish and field hockey and soccer, now it is time to leave home, to leave the nest. It takes a bird about 14 days to leave the nest. It takes an American kid 18 years to leave the nest, and we think we're the most intelligent of the species. And it's not that they don't come back, they do. 
sometimes for Thanksgiving, sometimes for weeks, sometimes for summer, sometimes for years. But it's never quite the same. Once you leave home, you leave home. You remember leaving home, don't you? Maybe it was to college, maybe it was to a job, maybe it was to get married, maybe it was to, sim to simply live on your own, but you left home. It's what we're supposed to do. Wings expand and we flutter to the next tree. We are on our own to fend for ourselves and make our own way to figure it out. It's a part of the human journey. It is the human journey, leaving home. It is as well the point of the game, baseball. The point of the game in baseball is to leave home. It's what a batter wants to do, leave home, get a hit, make his way to the bases. It's what pitchers don't want done. They don't want you to leave home. The pitcher wants you out on strikes or at first, but out. But the purpose of the game is to leave home because you have to leave home before you can go home. You have to leave home before you go home. In baseball, it's all about home. Getting around the bases in order to get home safely. Easier said than done. Getting home safely, it's hard to get home safely. A hit is very a little guarantee that you will arrive home safely. Making it first is hard enough, but, but getting from first to home is a whole other thing. Lots of things have to happen if you're going to arrive home safely in baseball. Getting on bases, just the first step. All sorts of peril lie in wait for you on those bases. You can get picked off. You can get caught stealing. You can be the front end of a double play. You can languish while your teammates fail to bat you in. You can get caught in a pickle. All sorts of things can happen to you on the bases and can make your way home a very difficult thing to accomplish. There is, in fact, a statistic in baseball called left on base, L-O-B. These are those who left home and never got home. Lots of things can happen between your leaving home and your getting home. It is, I think, what the writer of Ecclesiastes was concerned with when he wrote his little piece of wisdom literature, not baseball, of course, but the fortunes and misfortunes that lie between leaving home and going home. Lots of things happen between leaving home and going home. For everything, he writes, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, and on and on it goes, the yin and the yang of life, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away. Life is filled with its seasons. It won't always be good and it won't always be bad. Sometimes you're out and sometimes you're safe. Life, once we leave home, doesn't always give us what we want. In that movie, Field of Dreams, that we talked about several weeks ago, there is a character named 
Doc Graham. He's been a doctor in a little town up in Minnesota for 50 years. He's taken care of bumps and bruises, coughs and measles for 50 years, quietly loved by the whole town. But he carries inside him, Doc Graham, he carries inside him this small ache of not being able to achieve his childhood dream to get a chance to take an at-bat in a major league baseball game. Came close, though, by playing half an inning in a professional game in the field, but never got up to the plate and always wondered what it would have been like to have faced a major league pitcher and then to be able to tell about the rest of your life. Ray Kinsella exclaims, 50 years ago for five minutes you came within, you came this close. It would kill some men to get so close to their dream and not touch it. God, they consider it a tragedy. To which the good doctor replies, son, if I'd only gotten to be a doctor for five minutes, now that would have been the tragedy. Life does not always give us our dreams. We have our seasons, times to keep and times to lose. That's what I love about the baseball season. No, no sport has a longer season. Six months, not counting the playoffs and the World Series. Six months. A lot can happen in six months. 162 games, twice as many as basketball and hockey, ten times as many as football. A lot can happen in a season of six months and 162 games. Baseball is a, is a season that allows for a lot of things to happen. Slumps and streaks, injuries and recoveries, trades and sales. A four-strikeout game does not a season make. News of a player out for a month is not the end of the world. The baseball season allows for many different seasons within it. It allows for the ups and the downs, the good and the bad. You don't get measured by the game or by the bat or by the pitch. You get measured by the season, the long season. How well did you do over the season? How consistent were you over the season? It's what divides a fan from a manager. A fan views baseball one game at a time. What have you done for me lately? So-and-so is a bum because he struck out in the bottom of the ninth. But a manager looks at the season, the season of seasons, the ups and the downs, the streaks and the and the slumps, the injuries, and the recoveries. How well did you do over the season? Because like running the baseball bases, the season is filled with perils. Bad things can happen. Unexpected things can happen. And then on the other side, miracles can happen, and luck can happen. Fortune can happen. Hard to make sense of it all right in the moment. It's what the great teacher in Ecclesiastes would want to tell us. Bad things will happen to good people, and good things will happen to bad people. And there are no guarantees once you leave home. Bob Seeger, the great Motor City rocker and part-time theologian, wrote a song I heard a thousand times while growing up called Hollywood Nights. It's a song about a Midwestern boy who's tired of living at home and he wants to go find himself out west, see some old friends, good for the soul. 
He ends up in Los Angeles, and before long, he finds himself charmed by the big city lights and the high rolling hills and the attractiveness of a certain young woman. And all of it exerts its influence and seductive power on the young man to the point that Seeger says he realizes he was too far from home. The boy gives into it all and lives the high life until one morning it all crashes down upon him. The air is out of the balloon and like the prodigal son waking up in the pigsty all alone feeding pigs and wanting to eat the pods the pigs eat. And now the boy wonders, can he ever go back home? Can he ever go back home? Will this season in my life, will this slump in my life Will it keep me from home? Can we ever go back home? It's been almost 3,000 years since Homer wrote his epic poem, The Odyssey, a story we keep telling and retelling. And it's a story about what? Going home, returning from the Trojan War. Odysseus must make his way home, and home is not easy to get to. He must face the monsters and the temptresses and the forces of nature. It's hard to get home, and sometimes the wind is at your back, and sometimes the wind is against you, but always the journey is to go home. We all, at the end of the day, want to go home. Bart Giamatti, the great former commissioner of baseball whose tenure was cut short at a young age from a heart attack, reminded us that all literary romance derives from the Odyssey and is about rejoining, rejoining a beloved, rejoining parent to child, rejoining a land to its rightful owner or ruler. Romance is about putting things aright after some tragedy has put them asunder. It's about restoration of right relationships among things, and going home is where the restoration occurs because that is what matters most. Giamatti says that that's what baseball's about. It's why we like it so much. It's because it's about going home. The great narrative of life, the great narrative of scripture is about you and me trying to find our way home. We go from creation to the cross to the resurrection. Our hearts are restless, Augustine said, until they find their rest in thee. Life is about leaving home and going home. And we want to go home because home is where we are rejoined. Home is where we find ourselves. Home is where we are finally reconciled to God who has loved us all along. The one who seeks reunion with us. Our commonwealth, wrote the apostle, is in heaven. We leave home in order to go home. It makes me think of Robert Frost's great poem, The Death of the Hired Man, about a farmhand who leaves the farmstead and returns, though, free from season to season back to the farm, to the great frustration of the farmer who just wants him to stay put. He's unreliable, and now he's come back again, and he's not in good health, and the farmer's had it. He just doesn't want him back anymore. But his wife appeals for the hired man. Warren, she says, He's come home to die. You needn't be afraid he'll leave you this time. Home, he mocks gently. It all depends on what you mean by home. Home is the place where when you have to go there, they have to take you in. To which she replies, 
I should have called home something you somehow haven't to deserve, something you haven't to deserve. And that is the good news, isn't it? That amidst the seasons of life, the perils of the bases, the ups and the downs, the times to leap, weep, and laugh, to seek and lose, to sow and tear, the times when we slide safely and the times when we are thrown out. None of us gets it right all the time. At best, we bat 300. But home is where we're headed to. Home, something we haven't to deserve for we're saved by grace and not by works. We are in the long season, the journey, the odyssey, the way back home. Be sure, wrote C.S. Lewis, be sure that the ins and the outs of your individuality are no mystery to God. And one day they will be no mystery to you the mold in which a key is made would be a strange thing if you had never seen a key. And the key itself a strange thing if you'd never seen a lock. Your soul has a curious shape because it is a hollow made to fit a particular swelling in the infinite contours of the divine substance a key to unlock one of the doors in the house with many rooms. Or as John Newton, the old wicked slave trader and then repentant believer, the one who understood about the seasons of life, as John Newton wrote in his great hymn, Amazing Grace, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home.
now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.